0: This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the short miniature gaming podcast where we roll a dice and talk forever long as the dice is rolled. So let's get to
1: it to it. All right. So I don't think we've done that podcast yet, but if you're listening to this afterwards, Kill Team has come out fairly recently. And we've played a little bit of it, so listen to that podcast if it's out already. But that's basically inspired me from some of the other measures I've seen to consider starting an army, but not with GW figures. So my question to you is, What Mm -hmm. if you were going to start an army using third-party figures, what third-party figures would you get? All
0: right. Five minutes. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Okay. Well... Um, this is not super hard. I, like, this is not like theoretical because, uh, it, well, it is kind of theoretical because I'm probably not going to play Kill Team with them, but we uh-huh. have a, a miniature game that's very similar in, in, in terms of a sci-fi skirmish game that, it, that's basically, you know, the same universe. So it's the same kind of thing. Um, so technically I've been getting games workshop models for that, but I do get, uh, like bits and bobs um so i would love i was really thinking about using i think i mentioned this before uh infinity models for ariadna Ooh. so they have a uh for um for imperial guard
1: and we've we've talked about building giant imperial guard armies out of infinity Ariadna, metros, ariadna Yeah. Is- so
0: i'm really close to buying uh the russians because uh-huh. there's a Russian box. And right now, Infinity is finally like, well, not finally. It's been like a few years since they've had ever had any lead in their models. And mm-hmm. so there's a Russian box that I actually had the models before, but it had like 2% lead or some shit in it. So there's a new box, though, where they reprinted it and redid, well, not reprinted it, recast it in their new material, which has no lead in it. And it's sitting there in at the sword and board, and it's calling to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's the Russians, and so I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick that up and use that as Imperial Guard stand-ins, or basically just general, like, future, sh- like, lowly lowly soldier uh, stand-ins.
1: Yeah, because for those who haven't seen Ariadna models from Infinity, they're your typical army men, but they have great proportions, they have amazing detail. Yeah, like,
0: not heroic, true scale. Yep. Yeah
1: they're not wearing battle heels or maybe they are wearing battle heels. Some of them, <laughs> but you know, platforms battle platforms so they can better see over walls. Exactly. But we talked before about using them for an entire 40 yeah. K army and how much that would cost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, it's yeah. only like 50% more, but now that you now that you have kill team and there's only so okay. many sculpts out there cause they're not fully posable. But uh-huh. that yeah, that'd be pretty amazing looking to do this yeah. extra detailed true scale.
0: Yeah. For Imperial guard
1: imperial guard army in that game yeah yeah so i think that's only half the time we have for that i think mine may be quicker is what sort okay. of options do you have for guard in kill team like obviously you've got your basic guardman, but what else needs to go into it
0: so you know plasma yeah just a bunch of special weapons it's basically a imperial guard but with different special weapons um this it's not like they have covert ops which is unfortunate well the box comes with some covert ops guys, uh, yep. but that's generally a little bit okay because, like, you know, in other games, if you're not playing like kill team, kill team, but other like kill team, like skirmish games, and then you're in the science fiction future, they'll often have like sneaky guys in the imperial guard, like scouts or something like that, uh, scouts like snipers and stuff like that, which will help fit in better. But then you have like your heavy weapon, your I guess in forty in forty k it's the plasma gun, right? And you have your snipers and stuff like that. And your comms guy with the with the phone to go call home and, and ask for directions.
1: Yep. So if people have listened to our previous podcasts, they would know that I basically gave up on GW and sold off an entire Dark Eldar army before it was ever assembled. So I yep. think I would go back into the Dark Eldar, but not with the GW models, yes. okay. but instead okay. with raging heroes and use their void elves. Because
0: uh-huh. they
1: have very obvious parallels your Raiders, uh, the witches which is what dark elder are made out of and just the level of detail is a little bit higher it's got the same aesthetic but i just like how they've got much more detail yeah. they look more true scale they're not as blobby so uh uh-huh.
0: would. yeah i think that with them that the uh, what do you call raging heroes has the, the more like as their models have been released they have become more and more true scale which is actually to be fair, the same thing with uh, 40K, right? Like when you look at the initial releases for Raging Heroes, it was a lot more heroic scale, even like the, the females. But if you look at their modern stuff, it basically, I don't know, it looks looks relatively true scale to me. So it's quite good.
1: Yeah, and yeah, just the extra level of detail to the models. And if you don't need too, too many, so the pose ability is less, less of an issue than if you are trying to build a whole army, so. Okay, so
0: we said Infinity, right? You can mm-hmm. use use that for Purell guard. Uh, how about like, are there? Well, the this is with a like podcast. if you're use like, any space or anything do? like that.
1: Sorry, this was just this is only a short podcast, so I don't know if we can branch off like that. We can think about yeah, it. Yeah. On, in the no, future. I was
0: just trying to buy time because it wasn't uh, five minutes yet.
1: Oh, but it is
0: know. now, so we're <laughs> There's a lot of other things that you can can yeah because yeah, no, but you can't do space Marines because space Marines are so iconic, it's very unless you're literally getting the copy like Artel miniatures, which are beautiful.
1: yeah um, a lot of, I was looking at some third party ones this morning as well, but they're yeah. they're more hero based, so
0: yeah, I, I would get Artel. Artel has really nice, basically third party it's it they have the Orc aesthetic and they have the space Marine aesthetic, like Dab Pat. yep, I would take those. All right so it's my turn all right so i have a question so we've been talking about uh missions a bunch lately because we've been playing a bunch of different uh games uh with uh different mission sets that uh then and and we've been really thinking more about like simplicity in mission sets and and uh the different ways you can do missions so my question is To narrow it down to one topic about missions is what's the best way to pick who wins a mission? What do you think is the best way? Six minutes. So this will
1: be the full podcast. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I talked a huge amount about missions. So what's the best way to pick who wins a mission? Yep. So you're talking about all the different options that possibly can go into scoring, like. Guys being killed on the opponent's side, objectives being taken. What else would we throw into that basket?
0: Hey, man, it's an open-ended question. I guess it wasn't wasn't having, uh, narrow enough.
1: Having your Whatever army, way you want to do it. Like, is that is that now part of kill team as well? Having your army painted. Uh, yeah, you get two points for that. Yep. Yeah, that's there's that's even I guess part of a mission if you want to make it that way.
0: That's an amazing. I I think that was so great that you basically, if you have a fully painted army, yeah, like a painted enough army Mm -hmm. uh, to like a tabletop standard, which I guess is three colors, uh, you get you you play two points out of like is it two points out of twelve? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. And clearly, you could, but that doesn't really. That's really just supposed to you know force people to pay their minis, which is brilliant.
1: Yep. But it doesn't so really decide who wins. No. So, do you want to clarify the question about deciding who wins? So, no, no. How, how do you how do you think about it? So, I think missions should have more than one way to score points, just as sort of a tiebreaker thing often. And so, the missions okay. not just so basic. Uh huh. I think the missions are best off having one main objective, which may be Uh like objective control, zone control, or killing. Like those are the Uh three main ones you think about. So I think a good mission focuses on one of those, as the primary way of scoring points. uh And then either possibly uses one of the other ones as a secondary thing, Mm -hmm. or it's going to have to have like a secondary set of like hidden cards or they don't have to be hidden necessarily, but just basically other objectives that come from some other more standardized chart. Uh huh. So I think that's the best way to build a mission: is to sort of go to one of those three big ones. The so side
0: ha- how to win is Any like. Uh, what, what were the three again? So zone control.
1: Yep. Just straight up killing. Destruction and what's the third one? Objectives. So objectives. And take- objective holding. And yeah, objectives will objective take different forms. Either you've got to like, go push yeah. the button and then uh-huh. either you leave or maybe you have to hold on to something from the objective. Yeah. Or... Or it's just first to get to one of them as well. If you have, like, a lot, maybe there's a lot of objectives on the board, yeah. maybe it doesn't make sense to try and hold them. It just makes sense to run back and forth. So those are the three <laughs> big yeah. categories. Would you agree those are probably the... Yep, I agree. Those are the three main things. And that's
0: the way... And and. Forcing the people to try and do those, and you know, you can all the different ways about how you control them—the the size of the zone, right? Sometimes it's a small antenna, sometimes it's a movable area for zone control. Sometimes it's corners, right? Yep. And and that way to do it. So, um, do you have any like? So, for me, when I think about it, um, there's there's two. When I think about the the question that I I, I did it uh, like I how I formulated it in my head, it's like do you want to have people score points uh every round Mm. and then whoever overall the battle like overall in the battle like where they control it over the entire battle whether that is how you win or does it feel better it's like the final whether it's better to have like at the very end of the game, that's when you score all your points, depending on how you've done it. So you can do whatever you want until the end of the game, or do you check every once in a while to show that you've controlled it over a while? So I sort of and see- then is it mm-hmm. like a point salad or is it just like this one main objective? It sounds like for you, it's important to have one main objective that both people are competing or fighting over, right? Whether it's asymmetric, like one person's defending or one person's attacking, and they're both trying to get you know, one guy's preventing and one guy's trying to, to to do an action, right? That that might be different, right? But it's like one goal that both people kind of know what you're fighting over with a couple of side things that kind of proves out who wins, right? Mm-hmm. On the side things seem to be mostly like just the tiebreakers almost, right? If it's generally a stalemate, a person can do the side things to help push them over the top.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I see how you actually decide when they get scored as a bit of a side thing, which comes down to more how many turns the game has if it's like a three- turn game then yeah you can def- you definitely look to scoring every single round but when you're into maybe like a seven round game you're probably looking towards the end of the game so I, I find that's probably more secondary and based around the rules that you're using yeah
0: yeah in general like obviously it can be different and it can be fun to have like differences right and sometimes they they make sense story wise uh, but in general I feel like the end state is the most important. And I I feel like oftentimes they'll have games where it's like you can win on the, like halfway through the game because you've just got a huge points advantage,
1: but then it doesn't feel like, but then your army could get destroyed. And if it's not really super narrative wide, you're like, why did you win? You have, I can just go take everything now.
0: Yeah. Like we we talked about, there are, there are certain ones that like uh, they're called, I guess in 40 K mail maelstrom, but it's like or highly classified infinity where you get random missions to get points all the way through the game and you're succeeding in these things and you get just random points and it feels, it feels random, right? Cause you have random objectives and you get random points for them and like you get wiped out in the end, but does it really make sense that you won the game? Like if you're, if your army is getting wiped out in the end, you better have, and you're not in the end, like controlling the objectives and things like that, there better be a very clear reason why you won. Like for example, if it's a game where you have to press six buttons and you press all six buttons but died, that makes sense, right? It's like in the movies, the semantic kind of feeling, right? You're like, you threw everything you could and all you needed to do was destroy, let's say the six things that the people were defending. And even though they killed all of you because like defeated all your guys, you succeeded in destroying, I don't know, the things they needed to, I don't know, win the greater war, right? Then Mm -hmm. it makes sense. But like, if it's like, I controlled the zone for two out of three turns, but at the third turn, I got wiped out. So I'm not controlling anything at the very end.
1: Well, how does that even make sense? Yeah, but even then you could just score that thing at the end and it would score the same way because the buttons are pushed one way and they're not switching. So it would make sense. You're thinking about specific things for
0: infinity though, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it depends, right? But like, it's just, I guess in the end, it has to be revolving around the story, right? As long as it tells the story, that's what matters. And that's why I think it matters, why it's much better to have that one objective that they're both fighting for. And that's why I think that, you know, like the person that wins the main story point that you're fighting over should be the winner. Yeah. all right well those are two topics <laughs> all right yeah uh so if you disagree with us uh, then you can uh give us a shout uh you can uh find us
1: on uh or you can contact us at uh, contact at diceovereverything.com or find us on facebook or dice over everything or you could join dice over everything group to comment and see what we're up to yeah
0: and if you have any questions give give us a shout we'll uh be glad to answer them this is Ben Allen. It's from Brandon. Bye.